Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sam Legasic. And I'm Dreadful Dan Gallagher. And we're two old buddies that have lived our life at the edge of the mainstream. So come join us where things are a little... odd. This is the... movies music and gaming and here with me as always is dreadful dan g hello dan hey hello how are you doing yes very well thank you um now dan today's episode i want you (laughs) i want you to close your eyes (laughs) and imagine someone screaming at you calling you a motherfucker over and over and over and no it's not christmas quite yet (laughs) It's the Jesus lizard. (laughs) Sam, Mm -hmm. do you think you'd like to have a blockbuster up your ass? (laughs) No, I don't want anything there. (laughs) Because that is the question that is posed to us. Several times on this uh, debut EP by the Jesus Lizard. Um, yeah, I'm alright, thanks. <laughs> for those who don't know, this was the first release from the Jesus Lizard, the Chicago-based rock and roll band, uh, one of my favourite bands of all time. Um, like they produce this incredibly intense rock music uh, built on the, and like I think quite inventive guitar of this like jazz trained guy Dwayne Dennison mm. um and then behind that there's this like so tight like pummeling rhythm section pounding out this like amazingly like muscular sound but then on top of all of that there's this like the utter 
reckless, chaotic abandon of David Yao and his vocals. Like they just come across as completely demented. Mm. They are never really like in check with the kind of like meter of the music. I remember the first time I heard him, I was like, I can't get around this. And then when it clicks, like it really clicks, you know. Mm. Um, it's so unusual, so bloody like demented. And the lyrics are like really kind of like ugly, expressionistic, nightmare yeah, feel. Mm. Um, so this, like I said, this first release, this was their debut EP. Uh, I'm a big fan. Sam's aware of the band, I think. But mm. so yeah, I've been dying all week to get your first like impressions of this uh, of this EP. What did you think? Yeah, um, I was. Uh, how do I put this? I was mostly pleasantly surprised okay um so it was kind of what i was expecting but it but a little bit better than what i thought it might be so i guess like um for a bit of background yeah um my um knowledge of jesus lizard is very small like the first jesus lizard uh song that i actually think i heard was um the nirvana oh the guilt um, I think oh, it was yeah. Puss, wasn't it? Um, Puss. Puss, sorry. And, uh, yeah. which is all right, but like, yeah, I was listening to Oh, The Guilt, basically, um, instead, rather than Jesus and stuff, but it's still fairly decent. But that's my first kind of instance with them. And then I've heard like bits and pieces since, and then I know you've played some stuff as well, Dan. Um, but I quite enjoyed this first one. I guess like the main thing which kind of stands out, and I know this was um, before they got like a real drummer, so it's just that drum machine in the background, yeah. which started to grate basically after a while, um, Yeah, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, I, I genuinely um, enjoyed it more than I more than I thought I did. What year was this? 1989, cool. wasn't it? Yeah, 89. Yeah. So this came out, like basically a little bit of kind of background on the formation of the band. Um, they first started in Austin, Texas. Mm. So, I love Austin, Texas, by the way. I've been there, been there and it is great. Um, it's kind of like, they, I get the impression it's like really alternative. Yeah, they like keeping Austin weird or something like that. Oh, yeah. like tag. Um, uh, yeah, it's a really cool city. Yeah, I went there to do some filming with um, John Lee Hancock who's uh, from there, who did, um, God, he did Saving Mr. Banks. It's the only big thing I think of. He's done tons of shit. Um, oh, fucking hell, John Lee Hancock. He did The Alamo, which is a massive failure, which he didn't really talk about very much. Um, but yeah, it was quite cool because we went around to like all these like bars and um, clubs and like uh, they've got um, like, you know, vans, basically food vans that... Um, buy some cool street food on or whatever nice and uh, yeah austin was one of those places where i was like i could live here i can see why like who's like joe rogan i think has moved out there to do his podcast now whatever it's like i can see why people live here it's cool like it's just a cool city you didn't um, go to uh is it cat's cradle by any chance i think I that was a like places, a but <laughs> just dragged around um see so yeah, i'm not sure where i went well because like austin in the 80s was a hotbed of like this kind of post-punk um, stuff that morphed into like, I don't know, something weirder, you know? So mm. there was like big boys. <laughs> mm. um, and from them, you know, you got Scratch Acid, 
Mm, yeah, David Yeo. Yeah, David Yeo yeah, and, and David uh, William Sims. Right. Um, we're both in Scratch Acid. Um, if you're interested in that, people should go and check out the episode we did on everything to do with Scratch Acid, all of their whole career and discography. Yeah. Um, but Butthole Surfers. Mm. Um, so a bunch of stuff coming out of Austin, Texas. But yeah, after the breakup of Scratch Acid, um, I'm trying to remember like some of the time frame around this, but um, basically there was a band called Cargo Cult right. and Dwayne Dennison was the guitarist. And he approached David Yao, say like, do you want to work on a project together? Um, and he brought in um, David Sims. Yeah. So you've got Dwayne Dennison, the guitarist, David Yao, vocalist, and David Williams Sims, bassist. And they kind of like had their first rehearsals. Apparently they said they just found a uh, abandoned house where like the electricity was still on. Right. So they literally just went in there and like, I mean, can you imagine how cool that would be? You know, when you're like scary. trying to get a band going, you're like, I haven't got any money and rehearsal rooms are so expensive. It's like, yeah. fuck it, just find a abandoned house and make a racket. And that's the main problem that I always feel like we have here in England, basically. It's like, especially like where we were, Sasha, um, is that there's just no, like, I always feel like America, there's loads of space. I mean, obviously it depends where, but like for the most part, and you could just go anywhere because there's just a lot of space. <laughs> Whereas here it's like, there's no space. Like there's nowhere for you to make noise. Um, and the, even in the rehearsal rooms, they're out in the middle of like, you know, like estates basically. Um and uh, even then, it's tough, and um, and all this. So, yeah, it's I hard imagine to if get a band like going. A, yeah, if you get abandoned house with the electricity on, and there's no there's fuck all around it or near, then yeah, go crazy. No one's going to stop you. You can just do whatever. Um, quite freeing in that sense. I'm thinking about that um, video that we were both enjoying this week with Dave Grohl doing his Peaches cover. Yeah, so, someone posted a comment um, saying like. This just shows you don't need a room full of expensive equipment to produce great he's music. And I, I literally, I, I left a comment and I was like, except for go. the room full of loads of expensive equipment and the, yeah. and the vocal booth that Peaches is in. Yeah, with a TV. Uh, and if you're going to play live, <laughs> if you're going to play, like, if you're going to play live drums, then you probably need either a massive fuck off house yeah. or a load of sound insulation. Yeah. It's just that that whole thing. It's like there's all there's always all these other considerate like things look really straightforward. But there's always like loads of expensive. Totally. And as if Dave hasn't got like a, someone fucking mixing it afterwards yeah. and all this shit. It's like, well, you just going to put it out. Just stick a microphone in the corner and just put it out. I think that's what people, think, people look so. and they, they see that and that's what they genuinely think is happening. No. I mean, like, I'm not saying like he's, it's obviously, it's not, not worth getting into this, but obviously not that he's got like a whole fucking thing going on i do believe it's probably him and this guy have just gone into this room to do these bits or whatever but there's stuff happening around. and yeah all that equipment his whole setup would have been like acoustically tuned or whatever and all this and set yeah. up to a degree where there's like no bleed and, or, or whatever yeah. and all this stuff like you know i don't know yeah. whatever if people think that they can do that and stick a microphone yeah. in a corner and sound exactly the same then power to them go yeah <laughs> Uh, anyway, so yeah, back to Jesus Lizard. They, at that point, yeah, they had these rehearsals and I think they got some stuff down on tape. Mm. And then um, Rape Man were formed. 
Right. So Rape Man, uh, Steve Albini. Yeah. This was his first band after breaking up Big Black. Mm-hmm. And David Sims joined Rape Man. Right. Um, so he relocated to Chicago to be with Albini. Was he and part he took, of the, um, sorry, was he part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? David Sims. Rape Man. Oh. <laughs> Should be. They didn't, they didn't include him. That's a bit. Uh, <clears throat> it, was, it also he, makes he me was, think he, of, he was until Disney took over the uh, franchise. Yeah, Disney were like, I don't know about this Rape Man. It reminds <laughs> me of that um, Always Sunny, uh, Day Man. <laughs> Do you, I don't know if you watched that. I haven't seen that Rape one. Rape Man. Oh. <laughs> uh, sorry. Go on. He's an actual so, character. He's a character from an anime. Rape from the Man. 80s. Yeah. That's where Albini got the name. Right. From some horrible Japanese comic. Albini. What a um, weirdo. <laughs> so, David Sims took David Yao with him. Right. So Dwayne Dedison's gone, like, kind of said, oh, suddenly, like, both these guys are gone. Mm. Um, and I'm, like, sitting around for about a year going, well, that was good. Will, will anything come of it? Uh, apparently, they basically just said, like, just come up to Chicago. So that's okay. how they they moved from Texas to Chicago. Right. Um, and, yeah, at that point, um, they worked with Steve Albini. Yeah. Uh, so... December 88 to January 1989, they recorded uh, at Kitty Empire. I think they like worked on the stuff they'd already recorded mm-hmm. and just carried on with it and recorded some new stuff. Like you said, Sam, they use a drum machine here, an Alesis HR-16, if that means anything to anyone. No. Um, so it's kind of like there's, there's quite a strong link here. You know, it doesn't sound like other Jesus Lizard stuff. It sounds somewhere between like Big Black who used a drum machine. Yeah. Um, and, and and Scratch Acid. It's kind of like Scratch Acid jamming with Big Black. Right, yeah. And it's also like, it's more of a project, I feel like. You know, they're like just chucking some ideas around. Let's let's see what it sounds like. They haven't yet galvanized into a band. So this is like really, really like fetal Jesus Lizard. Right. So nice. should we go into the songs? Yeah, let's go into the songs. Um... So there's not many, is there? There's only six tracks, right? Five. Five tracks. Five tracks, and then there was a live, um, there's a live version of Bloody Mary, which is on the Spotify. I don't know if it's um, yeah, if it was on the original release or anything. If it's an extra no. thing they've stuck on. No, that's a, that's from a um, double seven-inch single they released around 1993, I think, called Lash. Right. Okay. And they've obviously tacked it on because it's uh, Bloody Mary. So right. yeah, we can come to Fine. that as well. Yeah, well, I did listen to that, but yeah, I mean, it's the same song. Um, okay, cool. So, well, nice. Let's do it. Should we take a little break and then you can listen to some Blockbuster and we'll come back and have a chit-chat about it. <laughs>
Did you like that song, Sam? <laughs> um, I did. Thought it's a good. Thought it's a good opener. Um, I think it sounds uh, really evil, and yep. it's funny you were saying about the jazz kind of guitar thing because, um, generally speaking, throughout uh, this EP, I just really liked a lot of the guitar work. It sounded, you know, very different, and um, uh, with this song in particular, they've got that staccato um, effect kind of going up yes. the scale, um, which yep. is quite nice and cool. Um, that is, you've the- nailed it. That is the Dwayne Dennison sound. I think mm. that's that's partly why I love them so much. I think I really just took to his his style and sound of playing. Yeah. So if you like that, then hopefully that bodes well. <laughs> yeah, and I think it does. I think it does. Yeah, and there's a lot of the stuff here, like you know, and this is kind of blowing my own trumpet, kind of again. But um, is that when early Pistol Gang stuff that I was doing started? A yeah. lot of people were commenting on the guitar work sounding a bit like Gang of Four. And I was okay. like, I kind of see it. And I think some of this guitar work sounds like Gang of Four, maybe a little bit as well. Yeah, I reckon um, I reckon they were probably an influence. Yeah, exactly. So there's a kind of uh, a, a lineage there. But um, I really like the idea. I really like the, they've got the screaming in the background, but it's very low in the mix. So it gives this impression when you're listening to the song that there's this like bubbling anger behind yeah. it. Um, yeah. That it's like at any point ready to like kick off. Um, and the lyrics are fucking horrible and nasty and disgusting. And this is the one, right, where you sent me a video of it and yeah. he just gets, I know David Joe is fucking insane anyway. And he basically just gets completely naked and starts playing with his dick and all this stuff. And it's weird, right? Because like, I only, I don't really know a young David Yao. So I just imagine him as this like, you know, fat old man, which is basically what he is now. But he yeah. was like a proper, like he was a good looking guy and he was proper ripped as well. He was built. Um, yeah, yeah, back in the day. So, you know. But I love how he, <laughs> like someone's filming the band and they cut away to Dwayne Dennison and they're right in the front. Like right, right down at the front. They cut away to Dwayne Dennison and he's just doing his thing. And they cut away to William, David William Sims. And they, I mean, they are just like, they're so workmanlike. And then in those like 10 seconds, somehow Yao has got completely naked. They cut back and it's just David Yao, completely stark bollock naked with his penis right in the lens. And he just starts tugging on his cock and he just looks so ferocious. And that's what I love about them. And this this song for me really kind of like sums that up. Mm. But I remember when I heard this, it blew me away because like most of the kind of like evil stuff was all like, you know, Marilyn Manson. And, yeah. And it was so, you know, pantomime-like really compared mm. to this. This guy, he seems genuinely unhinged. He seems mm. like he means it. He's scary and dangerous. Mm. Um, but, but I also love how... Yeah, he's also kind of like a bit comical as well. Like in that video, you know, he's doing this ridiculous like um, like posing, like like, poses. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's walking yeah. around doing that. Like I'm the big guy on the beach. I'm going to kick sand in your face. Yeah. <laughs> so it is. Yeah, it's that like kind of like I don't know how to explain it. Like Dada esque, surreal, ridiculous, absurdist humor going yeah. on. Dan, oh, have you that. ever? I was thinking about this, even though. As you know, because you've been there, I've been like drunk or fucked off my face during many a gig. 
has there ever been an inclination to take your clothes off or have you ever done it on stage? Because I genuinely was like thinking back and I was like, I don't think I've done it, but I wouldn't be surprised if someone said that, if someone said that I did, if I took all my clothes off on stage, just started tugging on my cock. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Um, it's, it's never been, a, no, never been an inclination I've had. The only time um, that I've been uh, basically faced with a penis on stage, <laughs> like right in my face, was Queens of the Stone Age, if you remember Nick Olivier. Nick, wow. Um, yeah, the bassist. Um, twice, I think, I got ended up in front of him and it's just his like big dick just flapping around <laughs> behind his bass. But he did that all the time, didn't he? It was a bit weird. Like when I think back to it, it's like, what? <laughs> like, why would you? Like, it feels quite gimmicky to me now. Yeah, exactly. It's, and that's what it's weird. It's like, is he back with Queens of the Stone Age now? We're going off on a tangent uh, now. God knows. No, I think he's in the Dwarves came... still, the okay, Reformed Dwarves. I think he did come... Oh my God, he's in Dwarves. Right, okay. Again. Because I think he um, came back for a bit and then left, but I don't really remember. But Queens of Stone Age is something that I... It's this whole other thing now. Um, but yeah, in terms of Blockbuster, I liked it. I liked it. I just strong. Yeah, and like you say, like the lyrics again for me. This is, I mean, this is a this is a Jesus Lizard classic. Um, yeah. Like you said, those lyrics. I just want to quote a few for people to get the gist of this. Yeah, go on. it's horrible. It's it's like some guy like in rural Texas, I guess, because mm. he says your first mistake was to think that you could fuck with the ranch, and then it's like here I come, here I come with my dick in my hand. Mm. And before I ever heard this song, I'd read about it. I'd read someone like saying, oh, like the amazing blockbuster, like you'll never forget it. It'll blow you away and how horrible it is. And I was like, blockbuster? Like what could that possibly mean or be? Like that sounds like a really nice song. That's like the sweet. Does anyone know the way to blockbuster? <laughs> I just like thinking of glam rock. and like. By the way, that would have made an amazing advert for blockbuster video. Why they didn't capitalise on that, I do not know. And that's probably why they went out of business. They did, didn't they? Did they use it? I think so. Did they not? Should have done. They should have used this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because then the follow-up line, here I come with my dick in my hand, do you think you'd like to have a blockbuster up your ass? Mm. (laughs) I love it. First time I heard that, I was like, Jesus. (laughs) Do you? Motherfucker. Motherfucker. Well, I got kicked in the eye by David Yao. If that had been my uh, last, you know, if he'd kicked me in the throat and that had been my last living, breathing moment, mm. I'd have gone out happy. Right. Would you? Yeah, it's quite a cool way, <laughs> cool way to die. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Or just, stay, or just stay alive. It's a bit cooler. Well, I mean, that, yeah. But if, if you had to die. Well, you do have to die. Being kicked in the eye by David Yao. <laughs> you definitely have to die. <laughs> anyway... He goes on yeah. to then talk about like getting their kids. We'll nab yes. your kids. Yeah. Like yeah, it's throw nasty. them in. It's horrible. Was so, it like throw, the, throw them in, in the ivy and water them with piss? Do you think you'd like that? Yeah. It's, just, it's really nasty. Yeah. Uh, but that's, yeah, that is what I like about it. Yeah. And like you said, um, it's cool how there's, there's two vocals. You've got the shouting one at the back. Mm and you've got this very flat atonal kind of vocal as the lead vocal mm. and i think that's not david yao i think that's david william sims oh, okay 
Um, he never sang again on another Jesus Lizard song. Um, so it's quite disturbing because he seems really just like unemotional, removed. Mm. It's just these really flat like threats being made. Yeah. Do you think you'd like to have... So, um, but, but a lot of fans, for that reason, don't like this version. Yeah. Well, because it's too flat. It's just, yeah, and it, well, it's not very Jesus Lizardy. So that's why I sent you mm. the live version. Yeah. From the Bang compilation that came out yeah. in 2000. Yeah. Um, and it's that's weird, because right. that well, that's a compilation of singles and rarities. And then randomly, there's an unreleased live song that sounds like it's from a bootleg. And to me, that's like an acknowledgement almost of the bands that the EP version isn't definitive and that they needed to put out a live version of this song. Okay. Um, but yeah, but that, that's, you know, you've got proper drums, you've got David Yao actually doing his thing, shouting and screaming. Yeah, what, I don't know, did you prefer it, the EP version, or do you have any thoughts about that? Uh, not really. I thought he... Um, I liked this version. I, and I, I think... I don't know, like, what do I want from it, really? Like, I like, as I said, like, when I was talking about it, I like the idea that they've got the screaming in the background and it's low. It makes it more disturbing for me and it gives yeah. it a bit more, like, meaning in terms of what the song is maybe trying to convey rather than, like, as you said, here's another screaming Jesus, this is a song. Um, yeah. Here you go. So yeah. I, get, I get sick of that shit pretty quick. Um, anyway, okay. so, like, I think it's good to have this. I don't know whether it's better. I think it, the context of maybe being at a gig, I would like the shouty version better. But yeah. I think if I'm looking at the song as a constructed work of art, I would prefer <laughs> this version without the drum cool. machine. Yeah, I like that both versions exist. They're very different. They've yeah. got a different vibe. Um, the Melvins put out a version in uh, 2000 okay. on the album The Crybaby. Right. where they did collaborations with other artists. Mm. So David Yao performed vocals on that. Okay. And that is a particularly queasy, confusing version, quite it's like fizzing with really nasty energy. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. If anyone hasn't heard okay. that and they're a fan of the song, then you better get out there and check it out ASAP. Check it, check it out. Okay, nice. Should we move on to uh, Bloody Mary? Bloody Mary. Oh, Bloody Mary. Where is she doing? What is she doing? Your terrible Mary. <laughs> it's uh, Muriel's wedding joke. <laughs> Bit niche. Um, <laughs> okay, let's give it a listen. Right, Dan. Well, here's a lovely little um, ditty. Uh, a nice Christmassy, happy song. Um, yeah. Bloody Mary. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, Did you like it? Um, I don't like the electronic drums. I know I'm going to keep saying this out the whole thing, but it was really starting to grate here. Um, I thought it sounded a bit idols in some places. When you start shouting Mary and stuff, just that kind of shouty singing that yeah. um, Joe tends to do in Idols. Um, he must be a Jesus Lizard fan, because obviously they got David Yao on the uh, last album. Oh yeah, fuck, they did, didn't they? So he's probably 
pattern himself after some of that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, interesting guitar work. Um, I liked the lyrics because even though it's about suicide and basically the, and she's bloody Mary in a sense that she's slit her wrists in the, in the tub. Um, and the idea of like, what is it? She sits in a tub and relives stories she never lived. I was like, that is a beautiful line. Yeah. Um, that's a really nice line. Um, and it's that kind of, uh, how do I put this? This, uh, sometimes, you know, that thing of like, when there's a certain, um, almost like pleasure you get from depression, um, that people kind of get a bit addicted to. There's a term for it and I can't, I can't remember what it is, but, Mm. um, you know, I always think of like the Nirvana line of like Kurt's line of like, I miss the comfort of being sad kind Mm. of thing. Like there's some kind of comfort there. Um, and the idea that she's like, wallowing. Yeah, exactly. Satisfying. Yeah. And that the fact that she's reliving, um, stories she never lived, the idea that she's finding some kind of like, almost like fantasizing or just, maybe thinking about a future that's not, that could have been, that was much better that she knows she's not going to get or whatever and stuff like that. Um, I thought it was quite nice. Uh, and how it's, even though it's about the kind of almost like a visceral side of suicide, it is straight, it is, uh, it is anti-suicide in its own way. But at the same point, it doesn't do it in a patronizing way. Like, Hey kids, don't kill yourself kind of thing or suicide's bad or anything like that. It kind of plays around with the sadness of it and makes it more poignant almost. Um, and I quite, so I quite liked it for that in terms of lyrically and also musically, I thought it was interesting. So yeah, it was, it was all right. It was good. Interesting. I've never thought of it in those terms, but now you're saying that it makes me think of um, the Scratch Acid song Owner's Lament, which mm. similarly is quite a poignant mm. song. Um, and that's about, you know, someone seemingly left alone on their own, some horrible house. Mm. Um, yeah, I like this. It's got that kind of creepy, eerie vibe on the verses, mm. but then smashes into that really, like, stabbing, intense chorus with all the shouting. I think mm. this is the song that kind of, of all this EP, points the way forward for the Jesus yeah. Lizard. Um and a lot of fans really rate this song and the band themselves must have done as well because this stayed in their set list for a long time. Right. Um, I think it's good. I think they did this sort of thing much better um, almost immediately, like from the next album. So it's never kind of like stuck around as one of my favourites. But mm. yeah, I think just listening to this EP and like listening to your comments on it, I, think, I do think, yeah, maybe it's a bit underrated. Yeah. I like it. Um, yeah. It what did you think one. of the live version then? Did, obviously, that removes the uh, bloody drum machine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which I enjoyed. Um, yeah, it was, I guess, because it's so like raw and visceral anyway, it's tough to listen to a live version in, how do I put this, without seeing it in context or whatever. But I said, it sounds similar. I mean, what else is it going to sound like? This is a terrible explanation. It was fine. It sounded like the song, except live. And all right, it's a bit more like, you know, David Jow, crazy, eccentric, whatever, over the top of it. Um, but it wasn't like I was like, oh, wow, that's a wonderful take on that song. 
Um, I guess like the having the actual drum kit rather than a drum machine makes it makes it better. But um, yeah, don't know. Like yeah, cool live version. It was just the song live. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm kind of getting at. Um, okay. Yeah. So cool. the next track. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Rabid pigs. Rabid pigs. Were you waiting for me to say rabid because you weren't sure how I was going to pronounce I, it? No. Why okay. were you... Uh, rabid. Rabid. rabid pigs. Yeah, I say rabid, but some people might say rabid. And I thought that's what you were waiting for me to say first. Maybe that's why this song doesn't have any lyrics. Of course, it does have lyrics. The instrumental one's the next one, isn't it? Starlet. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I, th- I think it does have lyrics because it talks about people having babies and all this stuff. Well, I thought, all right, let's get into it. So the pig noises are fucking horrible. They're disgusting <laughs> and I hate them. Yeah. Um, it's, it's nasty. And yeah. as a song, it's kind of fine. I was listening to it and with the lyrics of stuff, I was thinking, is it basically saying to, about scummy people don't have kids? scummy people kind of having like a hundred kids or whatever, like these fucking pigs, like at the trough, like this kind of underbelly of like, you know, like a social class or something or a type of person that is just like scum, basically. Um, I think you should be right. Just animals breeding or whatever. That's kind of what I was, you know, thinking about, or that was the impression I got when I was listening to it. I didn't think they're that, fucking snouts in. Yeah, exactly. Um, I didn't particularly think much of it. Um, There's the weird drum solos at the end, uh, which I quite enjoyed, I guess. Um, I was was listening to it going, maybe this works better live. I didn't really 
didn't really hit me much in this. I've never heard a live version. I presume okay. they dropped it pretty quickly. Um, I've never, I've never really liked this so much. Uh, I think it's it's more industrial sounding than the first two. Yeah, and it's kind of just like pretty. I mean, it's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Right. Mm. It's just like <laughs> um, musically. Yeah. It's not that interesting. Uh, yeah, Fine. I think it's probably my least favorite song here. Yeah, I would. Um, I would agree basically um, because I think I quite like the rest of it. Um, okay, should we move on to the next one? Yeah, Starlet. Starlet. Baby crying noise is horrific. <laughs> um, I'm reading my notes here and I remember that and I didn't like it. Um, what did you think, Dan? I've got a few other notes here, but yeah, I'm interested to see what you thought. First. I really liked this. I always forget this song. And yeah, because this EP was later tacked on to their like, first album mm. on the CD editions. So a lot of it I've always just kind of like glossed over hasn't quite stuck so yeah sitting down actually properly listening to this i was like there's a lot more going on in this track than i ever remembered right um i i love the horrible noise that he makes to start the song off it's just it's like i can't even do it it's like (laughs) weird noise um yeah i like that this is one of the more jazzy songs Mm -hmm. like again the guitar work is really cool um and then I just felt felt like oh, it's a bit it's a bit of a throwaway. Like they could have done more with this, because um, David Yao just makes these horrible, sort of strangled, obscure noises. Um, do you know what I mean? They're just in the background, mm. but they could have. Yeah, I just think they could they could have worked on this a bit more and made it more of a song, because um, it feels like a lot of potential not quite realised. Yeah. Um. Okay, fair enough. It was all right. Fine. What did you think of the guitar? Um, good guitar work I've put here specifically. The weird, horrible noises on top, you know, add to it, I guess. Um, it felt like maybe it was a bit of a jam or something. Yeah. Like, it kind of, than... Yeah, an improvisational element to it. Um, it was okay. More it was of an right. atmosphere kind of piece, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Atmospheric. Um, um, but with a lot of these bits... I'm in. I'm enjoying the kind of guitar stuff that kind of is being done here, and I think that's what kind of makes the song um, um, pretty good. And then the next song's kind of in a similar vein, I suppose, in that it's again it's like atmospheric uh, with some very as well jazzy guitar. Mm. Is the song "Breaking Up" is hard to do. However, Sam, you may know it as "Happy Bunny Goes Fluff Fluff Along." Yeah, that's what I've got it written down as. So um, that was lucky because I started freaking out there a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I listened to the wrong thing. Let's hear it. (laughs) 
experimental, weird, mm. uh, strange beat they've created in the uh, drum machine with this like jazzy scale like playing. Mm. Um, no yow until right at the end. You get a really kind of like suppressed kind of raw, mm. uh, or like distorted kind of yow sound. Mm. It's like a deconstructed Jesus lizard song heard from uh, another room. Yeah. Um, and this was about as experimental as they got. And then they just dropped this kind of thing completely until much later on, about 10 years later, right toward the end of their career, they picked up this kind of sound again. Mm. Um, they did a whole EP, actually, which was like really experimental with guys like Jim O'Rourke, Andy Gill, actually. He's Gang of Four, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, John Cale, all the slight producers. Um. But otherwise, yeah, this like sticks out like a sore thumb in most of the Jesus Lizard's early catalogue. Mm. Uh, yeah, did you did you like it? Yeah, I really liked it. Um, I think because I'm a fan of noise and noisecore and whatever and all that. Um, so this kind of shit I do tend to enjoy um, and I find it quite weirdly um, pleasant to listen to, even though it might, <laughs> people might find it. A horrific listening experience but i actually find it quite um quite nice mm. uh so i like the drums in the background that are kind of thudding because here i think it's a good use of having an electronic drum kit because it basically sounds like you're walking through a nightclub if you know what i mean and it's like <laughs> yeah. almost you know like a german fucking goth fetish club or something and there's like an industrial element to it it sounds it reminds me slightly of like um uh of Lynch, maybe. Um a little yeah. bit, if you know what I mean. It Especially, sounds like it sounds yeah. like pistons and steam. Yeah, exactly. It's so, like yeah. and if you listen to like a razorhead, for instance, there's a lot of that yeah. that kind of goes on throughout the entire film. So it felt a little yeah. bit like that. And also um one of the films that I've got on our list, which we will hopefully come to at one point, is Tetsuo, um, which is a Japanese film, um, The Iron Man, basically. And it's not yeah. like it's not like Marvel Iron Man or like The Iron Giant. It's a horror to do with how like the Japanese are obsessed with technology. And it's about this guy that basically slowly turns into like a robot and as well as this other guy who's turning into a robot, whatever, and all this stuff. Um, and that's a really fucking cool film and I love it. And... It's got that kind of similar sound to it um, in terms of, because there's not much dialogue in something like Tetsuo. It's all based on this kind of like noise and these pistons and like this kind of thudding um, going on, whatever. So um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was cool, cool way to end the EP. Um, And yeah, it's a shame, I guess, that they don't do more of this stuff, as you said, till later on. But uh, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, if if you did like it, it's worth checking out that uh, EP. Uh, it, was, it was just called The Jesus Lizard from 1997. Right. Um, and they did a song, actually, uh, the B-side of their single Fly on the Wall mm. from, I think that's 1994, 93. That's got a track White Hole that's also kind of in this vein, very experimental. Okay. It's funny, the, like, um, the thing with the title of this song. So the original release, it was called Breaking Up Is Hard To Do. And on the label, it says written by Sadaka Greenfield. Um, Which is like, so it's like a joke because breaking up is hard to do is some Neil Sadaka song. I was going to say the only Sadaka I know is Neil Sadaka. 
which was written by Sadaka Greenfield. So I guess they're just like, it's a joke. So, uh, you know, you think you're going to get breaking up is hard to do and you get this horrible, <laughs> weird... Right. Weird, evil um, mess. But then, obviously, quite quickly, they changed it uh, to Happy Barney Goes Fluff Fluff Along. I really don't know what happened there. Yeah. I'd love to know if it was like a label thing or was it always was it always called that and they thought let's just for the first pressing play a joke and call it breaking up is hard to do or did they get worried that it was like a copyright issue maybe blah, it was blah, a blah. copyright issue and they've just thought yeah. what's it really like the antithesis of this sound happy bunnies fluff fluff happy bunny goes fluff fluff along there we go Imagine I've always loved that title like that um cool well and that's it isn't it yeah uh Final impression? Um, yeah, I guess for me, um, it's quite unique and fresh, even though it's like 30 years ago. Um, but I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, and I think it's a good entry point for someone like me um, who maybe doesn't know that much or whatever. Um, and I feel like there's something here that I would probably like to explore further. Um it was interesting. It was in a much more enjoyable experience than I thought it would be. I'm glad that you're excited to explore it further because my plan is to now put their debut album on our yeah, list. On the list, yeah. Head. I'm so excited, uh, interested. Let's get let's get that enthusiasm down a bit. Let's take it down a notch. <laughs> a mild interest, no uh, excitement. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Um, it's not my favourite. Like I said, I think it feels like a project. It's like a, a bit of a curiosity. Um, it was fun, yeah, hearing these like experimental kind of tracks. Um, obviously, I love Blockbuster. Blockbuster. Um, but beyond that, I think it's a little bit throwaway, but it has got a kind of, yeah, its own unique sound that's different to the Jesus Lizard, different to Scratch Acid, different to Big Black. Um. But yeah, it's just, you know, it's the start and it gave them the basis to form the band and go on to uh, be much better, frankly. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, still still worth checking out. And especially if you, yeah, like that kind of like industrial drum machine sounds, then uh, definitely, definitely worth checking out. Mm. Um, what do people on the internet think about it? Well, let's have a listen. <laughs> So Dan, I wasn't able to get any decent, uh, funny, um, positive reviews. To be honest, it was all a bit samey. So I was like, there's nothing funny here. But, and this one isn't particularly funny, but it was a two star (laughs) review out of five. Okay. By Benny Shambles. And he says, I can't believe how highly this is rated, especially considering how it stands up next to all their other releases. Come on, get real. This thing is just a full start and they don't even have Mac on drums yet. Bloody Mary sounds like a decent demo, I guess, but it would evolve into an amazing live staple. One of their best songs, actually. To a much lesser extent, the same goes for Blockbuster. All the other songs sound like a bad version of Big Black, although the guitar playing is pretty cool. Not to mention the bass. Duh. William, David William Sims, <laughs> or David WMSIMS, is a legend. David Yao had yet to get comfortable again, and it and it this sounds nothing like his vocals in Scratch Acid 
or the later Jesus Lizard material. I know everyone's a hardcore fan of this band, but give me a break. This release is by far the least essential and deserving of a rating over three stars, which is totally pushing it. Two stars. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, that's quite a well-considered review. Yeah. I thought you might enjoy that because he's basically saying, why are people like jizzing themselves over this EP when there's a lot better stuff out there? Yeah, I can't think he's right. Yeah. Like if he, yeah, like if, if you didn't know the rest of the band's catalogue and this was just a standalone thing and they hadn't gone on to do anything else, wouldn't get that excited about it. Mm. I think, yeah, for me, as part of their catalogue, it's it's more interesting. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Cool. Um, um, what's next, Dan? Nerd's Corner? Well, I love going to my corner. Mm. Let me follow you into that corner. Just don't turn around. <laughs> Nerd's Corner. Yeah. That's where I am. That's where you are. That's where you belong. And in my corner, I'm looking at the original 1989 pressing on 12-inch marbled purple swirl vinyl. Mmm. Mm. Yum, yum, yum. And this was only released in the UK. Okay. So black vinyl in the US and Canada, purple swirl in the UK. Right. On what level? I find that interesting. On Touch and Go. Right. Good old Touch and Go. Touch and Go. Um, yeah, I don't know. And they carried on doing this for the foreseeable future. You know, doing a special, like, marbled coloured vinyl for the UK. Right. So I don't know why there was, like, this need to have the novel, this, you know, novelty factor in the UK. But it is gorgeous. Um, I don't actually have a copy. Um, <laughs> I don't have any Jesus Lizard on vinyl, I don't think. Oh my God. I think what I kind of I, I kind of yeah, I know, it's shocking. I couldn't all on CD. I am denied. Well, I've got all the singles. I've got all the seven inch singles. I am denied because I don't know if to get the originals, which are quite expensive, or get the remasters that came out in 2009. Um, yeah. So it's like, uh, kind of got frozen in place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would like a copy of this, but it's always quite expensive. Yeah, but that's um, the first one as well. Uh, yeah, like I said, 2009, there was a remaster. Until then, it's always been like tacked onto the CD of their first album, Head. Right. Um, but yeah, when, when everything, their catalogue got remastered by Albini with uh, Bob Weston, who's his like second-hand man, um, right-hand man, <laughs> not second-hand man. <laughs> Um, so they, yeah, they put this out again as a, as a standalone is this, uh, release. Is this, can I take your man? Is <laughs> that so, second hand? <laughs> One careful owner. <laughs> Hardly used. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yes, the 2009 remaster. Yeah, uh, looks it looks nice, and you get you know it's like nice packaging, and there's a nice four page booklet insert with new interviews and like reminiscences from David Yao, David Sims. Mm. Um, I think there's some stuff in there from one of the guys from Fugazi, like talking about what an amazing band they were early on, and all this kind of stuff. So yeah. that's all pretty cool. And um, 
I did wonder at this point, because we haven't spoken about this, um, what you thought about the, the artwork. Mm, um, I can't remember it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, it didn't make an impression in that case. Evidently, um, yeah. It was, it's just their name, right? And they've got some kind of picture um, at, the fr- at the front. Some kind of... <laughs> some kind of art Some kind of picture, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what's it, what, you, you talk about it whilst I I'll explain it, it. Um, it's a photograph by David Sims oh. of a, oh, a yeah, naked sorry. lady in front of the American flag oh uh, yeah she's looking um, up I'm looking at it now yeah the um, way she's posed mm. is really arresting um, quite unusual suggestive and it's very stark and like quite grainy black and white photo mm. Um, yeah, with then like really nice typography of uh, pure laid over the top. Um, I personally, I, I just, I think it's a really good photograph. Um, I can't remember, it might have been his, like his girlfriend or something. Um, okay, what yeah, was... Uh David Sims, David oh, sorry, Sims. Sims. Took, took a, yeah. Um, and I like, you know, the, the use of the American flag. There's kind of like a, you know, some kind of commentary there maybe. I don't know. Mm. But yeah. uh, it's easy to like see it. It's an arresting image, and think, oh, okay, there's there's maybe something a bit more going on here. Yeah, well, I guess it's like you know, pornographic, basically, and something that's like Quitting. against American values. And I guess like the the way she's sitting there might be seen as suggestive um, or like a subservient position um to yeah. some kind of power which is like the american flag um so yeah and the fact that it's a dirty image i suppose and the title of it's called mm. pure yeah it's kind of you know two opposites almost um yeah and cool. he would go on to uh continue photographing naked ladies uh for the mm. cover of not the next record but their second album goat yeah. Uh, so yeah, you can see more of David Sims' work mm. on that one. Okay. Cool. And uh, hopefully we'll come to that in due mm. course. Yeah, at some point we'll stick on the list. Um, cool. I guess that's it, right? That's yeah. it. Yeah. Today. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to let us know you want more Jesus Lizard. Mm. Let Dan know about more Jesus Lizard. Message Sam. <laughs> message Sam. Go. T T J L for twenty twenty one. God. Yeah. Um, I'm not against it. Uh, we'll put it on the list. Um, yeah. And if people really want it, then I might think about it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thanks for that, Dan. Um, that was uh, that was a nice little introduction to Jesus there. And I do, you know, I actually do recommend people, um, if you like if you like the sound of it, just go and check it out. Um, it's only like five songs. It's like 20 minutes or something in it. Um, so it's not long. You can... Yeah, could listen to it three times easy. over in the time we, we did this show. <laughs> exactly. And probably have had a better experience. Um, so for next week's show, um, we're not going to take a, um, we're not going to take a look at the randomizer. Instead, we're going to do uh, what is uh, one of my favourite, if not my top favourite Christmas film of all time, which is... Gremlins. Gremlins. Um, <laughs> no, which is, I do like Gremlins, which is... Black Christmas, the 1974 film, Black Christmas. So we're going to be discussing that on the next episode. Dan, I'm really looking forward to delving into 
I love it. I love I love a Christmas episode. Feel good, nice, you know, um, family film, mm-hmm. and just really feel the reason for the season. Yes. So yeah, that's going to be nice. And uh, if you're sad and lonely this Christmas, um, lift up your spirits by joining us on the podcast. The Black Christmas. The Black Christmas. And in all honesty, it's one of my favourite Christmas films. So I really highly recommend you guys to watch it. It is a horror, um, but I would say it's also weirdly a comedy. <laughs> yeah. In a really strange way. Um, yeah. So yeah, check it out because we're going to be talking about it in great detail next week and you're in for a real treat, a real Christmas present for you all. So thanks everyone and for And when's that episode going to oh, drop, oh. Sam? Uh, as it does every week on a on a Sunday. All right, we're not we're not going to do it like a special Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or Boxing no. Day. No, you'll have Jesus listened to listen to no, you for bar, that bar humbug. Yeah, no, every bar. Sunday as normal. We're not changing the uh, we're not changing the dates Sunday. or anything like that. Stop God's suggesting day. it. Stop stop ruining everything. God's day. <laughs> God's day is every day. Um, the real Sunday, the real day when Jesus was born. Yes, every Sunday. And we ate his body and drank his um, piss. Uh, So thanks everyone for listening. Um, And get ready for Black Christmas next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Oddcast Movies, Music and Gaming. If you want to get in touch with us or get a movie, album or game put on our list to discuss, then email us at oddcastoddballs at gmail.com or a newwinterpodcast at gmail.com. This is part of a New Winter Podcast Network, so head on over to anewwinter.net to check out our other shows. You can also follow us on Instagram at anewwinter, Twitter at anewwinter, and you can head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash anewwinter. Thanks for listening and see you again soon. yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination yahoofinance.com